Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Screen Talk. I am uh, starting us off today with my co-host, who is... Eric Cohn. But this is our last podcast. This is the last one. And we were uh, we knew it last week, but we couldn't talk about it because the announcement hadn't gone out yet. But now the announcement is out. Eric is joining Harmony Kareen's new company, which I don't know how to pronounce. Do you know how to pronounce it? You'll get it. It's called Edgelord. It's a it's a Florida based uh, uh, design and media company that will be producing both films, games, other kinds of entertainment. And um, and I've accepted a role there as the head of development and strategy for the feature films. Um, I think our editor in chief, Dana Harris, put it best when she said outside of working at IndieWire, there is no more Eric Cohn kind of opportunity. Um, I was very happy working in IndieWire for almost 17 years and was not, uh, you know, in some ways I kind of felt like I, you know, I couldn't see the world not working here. But Harmony and I have been friends and colleagues for a long time. I, I did a, had a book project on him quite a while back and, and I admire his work. And I've also really been invested in the future of film as an art form. And my hope is that this opportunity is a pathway for that. So it came along and it just felt like too good of a, of a moment to embrace the opportunity, but it's also incredibly bittersweet because of my time in IndieWire and especially my time with you here on screen talk. And because, you know, I've said it before, but I mean, you've been a friend and a mentor into me in so many different ways. And even when we, argue and interrupt each other i feel like i'm learning something so oh, uh, yeah. it was a pleasure it was a pleasure being irritated by you eric but um no i love you i i care about you and and uh i lean on you in many ways that you don't even realize so i'm gonna miss you i'm gonna miss you quite a bit and you've come you know it's interesting to see how you've grown over the course of the time that you were i mean when i first saw you we were up at sundance and you were sleeping on a sofa you know you were you were yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we were in the snag film, uh, you know, condo yeah. and uh, you were you were writing reviews, you know, you were you were hustling. Um, and I remember having conversations with people there. You know, Eric should be on full time. Eric, we need a full time critic, you know, and we made a big fuss about that. Yeah. And made a big fuss at Cannes. I remember that, too, where we said to, to the people at IndieWire and at Cannes, we need that person that is recognized as the critic for IndieWire and it made a big difference. Yeah, it did. I'm, I, You and others really advocated for allowing me to have that pathway. But I remember back then what was so surreal for me was just like being right out of college, essentially. You know, I'd been doing freelancing for a few years then, but, but it still felt like I was so green and people were willing to have me in the room. You know, like that was such a specific thing to indie. I didn't get that when I approached other publications. But I understood. Very- I mean, one of the things you and I talked about today that's in the story we that that went up on the site on on Wednesday. Um, one of the things that that 
you know, we all belong. There's a whole group of us that belong to a club. It's it's a club yeah. of cinephiles, people who care about movies, people who really, really want movies to thrive and the independent cinema to thrive. And you are embracing, I think it's very exciting, some of the opportunities that are going to come your way with this new company um, as you look at emerging filmmakers and some of the different ways that they can uh, put their films into a different context. I think that's exciting. I mean, for all we know, you're the one who's going to figure out the next iteration of how to get oh. uh, these uh, movies made and and surfaced and find audiences for them. Uh, that's, for all we know, it's, it's no longer, you know, we do know that it's no longer just theatrical. Yeah. I mean, look, let's manage expectations for now about what this next chapter will bring. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting deeper into it and, learning more about it and also telling you and others about it as because I'm going to be around I'm going to festivals I'm going to Venice this week I'll be in Toronto I'll be around other places I'll be in LA a good amount so you know we'll have plenty of time to catch up I mean I always felt like IndieWire was this open-ended proposition you know our pal Eugene Hernandez is still very much on our call sheet so it's not like when you leave it'll this be the place. same it'll be the same and we're all still members of that of that fraternity if you like right. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, I love you and I'm going to miss you. And um, we don't know. I mean, next week in Telluride, we're going to do the pod. I mean, this week, this week, the week we're talking now, we're going to finish this podcast with with uh, with my colleague, Marcus Jones. And we'll talk about the films that we've seen there in Telluride. And then the following week, we'll be in Toronto and we're going to do a Toronto live screen talk with an industry guest to be announced. And then after that, we're going to try out some more people from IndieWire and see who who becomes the next uh, partner in crime. For well, I, all I can say is I'm going to be listening. I mean, I to, to be totally frank, I always thought of this po podcast as just a platform for us to exchange the kind of ideas we can't in any other context. And it's been an amazing excuse to just catch up with you each week. But I remember we were at the Seattle International Film Festival and uh, you had been doing another podcast that ended. And I was like, wow, I have an excuse to get Anne to do a podcast with me. Like that was it was that sort of moment where I was like, this could actually be a thing. And I had no idea that we would make it, you know, nine plus years and almost, you know, 450 episodes. So keep it going because it's obviously something worth doing. And I know other people in the industry I definitely continue to do what we, I think, do best, which which is really about bringing people up very quickly on what's happened in the past week and what's going on and what we've seen and what we're learning and, and you know, giving everyone the lay of the land of, of what's happening in, in our world. And, and I think that is what we do best. I mean, if there's anything else that you think we should be doing, uh, be, be sure to let me know. I know where to find you and I will find you constantly. Trust me on that. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. And best of luck. I know you're going to kill it. Thanks, Anne. Cheers, everybody. Good morning. We are in Telluride. Uh, screen Talk, first edition, without Eric Cohn, who we will miss dearly. Uh, Marcus Jones, our, our wonderful awards editor, is here with us. It's nice to see you. So we are here together in Telluride, but we opted to do a Zoom thing just because we both have to run off after this yes. and, and we have a full day. Um, yesterday was day one 
And we uh, got off uh, to to a great start with the lovely, uh, usual, uh, annual brunch up on top of the mountainside. Um, now, this is your second uh, go around uh, with Telluride, yeah. Marcus, uh, but but it was fun. I mean, I got to see uh, what's one of one of the interesting things about it is the idea that there's all these uh, people who got waivers, basically. So. Right. Someone like Julia Louis Dreyfus was actually there for this movie Tuesday, which we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Oh, geez. I'm surprised I missed her. But yeah, I feel like uh, mostly we I saw filmmakers, but um, slowly throughout the day, I had started spotting uh, different actors that were in town. Um, I believe you saw Emma Stone. I didn't get I was... her to report that she's here. Oh, <laughs> to fly under the the radar. Apparently, I, I'm sorry though. She's supposedly told... here with poor things, but won't be doing yeah. any press. At Saltburn, uh, I was getting popcorn, and the person in front of me turned, and it was Dakota Johnson. So that was exciting <laughs> to see. Um, but yeah, did you enjoy your time at the brunch? Did who brunch did you is always great i mean it's almost overwhelming you know because you're running yeah. around uh you see the usual suspects the sony pictures classics people like like michael barker and tom bernard they, they were there uh with their movie teacher's lounge um, right which is building up a lot of buzz and it's the german entry uh for the oscars which i saw and it's actually extraordinary it's, it's uh, it is worthy of all that but i talked to the director and the producer and the actor and the, uh, at the at the brunch and and it was it was one of those movies that nobody had any expectations for it's a it's a story about a teacher in a you know in a school um yeah things happen and things get worse and you know it has it has one of those tension ratcheting kind of uh stories that you don't know where it's gonna go and and it's very contemporary and and very scary in a way um mm -hmm. and and that's i think why it, it hit so well in germany but it played well at, in berlin and um and now it's hitting the fall circuit so so we'll see what happens um also uh very happy to see uh jimmy chin and chai vasarhelia who were here with, I was say, yeah. with their little kid you know he was there and john baptiste uh, did a concert last night which i i couldn't get to for american symphony uh i'm which, supposed to have, to have missed it yeah yeah matthew heineman's movie who did you who did you enjoy uh hanging out with there my sort of two big conversations were I got to see uh, Jeff Nichols, who surprisingly is here for the first time. I feel like if you've seen his work, you would imagine that this one it's would be here. It's interesting that Julie Townsinger is discovering him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and especially with uh, this film, The Bike Riders, uh, which we'll get to. But yeah, he uh, specifically was kind of asking the group I was with, like, hey, like, had you seen Jodie Comer before? And we had all kind of seen, like, <laughs> we all copped to the first season of Killing Eve, but maybe not the concluding season of Killing Eve. Um, but he uh, was had already cast her, uh, but told us that he was so blown away by her performance in Prima Facci, which had a run in London, had a run in New York, that he was like, oh, wow, like, I really <laughs> made the right decision. I saw uh, that play. And she's she's amazing in that play. And she's amazing in the movie. The movie is a real uh, actor tour de force. I've been a Jeff Nichols fan for a long time. He's a quiet filmmaker. He right. isn't usually noisy. And so this is a very noisy movie for him, you know, with a lot more yeah. action. A lot. He has Michael Ch Shannon coming back. He's worked with him 
before. Um, but the, it's really a three-hander with Tom Hardy and Jody Comer and Austin Butler, who I can look at all day long. Um, there's some, and I feel like the film very much like frames it that way. Yeah, it is uh, kind of Austin Butler as I can be. Um, though, yeah, I love that you call it uh, loud because I do think ultimately both Tom Hardy and Austin Butler are playing kind of like stoic characters where the bikes do more talking than they do. Or the violence, the violence. That's, that's really what it's. These are people who can barely talk. And yet uh, Tom Hardy does better with the talking than than Austin Butler. Um, (laughs) But this is a movie that is oddly structured. It's not really conventional in, in terms of its narrative uh, drive and and I I'm curious to see how uh, audiences are going to respond. The critics are back and forth on it. Now you right. saw two other films last night. I went to the I went to the Vim Vendors tribute. It was a lovely thing. It was um, old his old old friend Werner Herzog, who's three years older than he is. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, gave him the silver medal, pulled it out of his pocket like it was a pocket watch, and put it <laughs> over his neck. He's probably used to it by now. He's got a theater named after him. He's well, been he got this. it back in the day from yeah. from Tom Luddy, and but these guys have been friends, you know, their whole careers, their whole lives, and they the the affection between them was so palpable, and they were so happy to be up there and telling little stories. And uh, Raj Roy from from the um, Museum of Modern Art did a little Q and A with with them, but the movie was was Anselm, which was uh, a three D uh, portrait of the artist uh, that played at Cannes. So some of us are doing a little Cannes catch up here right. at, at Telluride because you know I wasn't there, I didn't see this movie, and it's a very beautiful. Uh, extraordinary portrait. You see the, it's in 3D. So you see these spaces, these enormous spaces that the artist is working in with all his machinery and his, you know, he's burning things and, and dowsing things and pouring liquid metal on things, you know, with all these cranes and, you know, it's, it's astonishing, but at the same time, it's also very, um, um, it's, it's intellectual and it deals with a lot of German history and, philosophy yeah. and uh literature that may be more than an american audience can handle so we'll see how it does here yeah did those technical aspects like really hit you because i had heard like a, a 6k or something like that i didn't even know that there were that many k's in terms of like <laughs> i'm not uh, sure they were showing us at the opera house uh yeah by the way uh you, know, you could you could hear an air conditioner going the whole time uh, so <laughs> so the tech aspects of the opera house are not always up to par but uh, i would say um the other one, Perfect Days, which is in Japanese, is is today. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But you saw the two hot tickets last night. Um, uh, tell us about it. Right. So my other uh, I'm going in reverse order. But my other story from the brunch was uh, that I chatted with Emerald Fennell a little bit. Um, and she had one. She was talking about her time at Oxford University and the one line that stood out as she was talking because she's so charming was like it's a place you love so much but it'll never love you back uh and i do think that that kind of vibe is very fitting of saltburn 
um, which does, I'd say, like, the first third is at Oxford, as you see Barry uh, Kogan's character really pursuing Jacob Elordi, and you can't quite tell in which way does he want to be his friend? Does he want to date him? Does he want to be him? Like I said, she's so charming, so nice in person. What a sick individual. This film is wild. <laughs> like... <laughs> There's stuff in the early that definitely made my uh, jaw drop, but uh, there's one part at the end where I was like, oh, okay, you guys really just did it now. I definitely don't know if I was expecting that or ever wanted to see that. What's interesting is to watch the reaction to the film and the, and the reviews, and they are all over the place. It sounds like it's a, I mean, I've heard words from silly, you know, it doesn't sound like an Oscar movie, though, does it? I think visually it is really stunning. I mean, the production design is pretty next level. It is like an absolutely beautiful uh, castle setting with each a distinctive room that they make a joke of uh, in the film. Uh, Jacob Elordia gives a very half committed tour and he's really fun in this. Um, but yeah, I'd say that uh, Barry's performance is challenging. And I think that people will either really want to embrace it or be maybe a little bit put off. But Rosamond, I think you, every person who goes into that movie will leave uh, an even bigger fan of her. And so I'd say she, maybe even more than Barry Kogan has the best chances, but I also think that there's a lot of craft potential. Well, so you have costumes and production design and all that kind of thing, because it's a period piece, right? Right. Okay. So how about Rustin? I so enjoyed Rustin. Um, I'm a big Coleman Domingo fan. We've talked before about how I'm a fan of Euphoria, yes. Um, but uh, he's done plenty of other work. I've even seen Fear uh, the Walking Dead, which he was on for most of it. I think it's ending soon, but I feel like those shows always have like three different things called the final season but anyway um this is a departure for him he plays the uh black gay uh political activist that had a real uh beautiful working partnership with martin luther king and the film really explores that uh and it kind of like fills the gaps because i think everyone has the idea of uh, the March on Washington and the speech Dr. King gave, but to see the actual details of how it came together and the people, even within the black community that were pushing against uh, Rustin's pursuits to have this all sweeping uh, biggest uh, peaceful protest there's been in America is just really enjoyable. And uh, Coleman completely carries it through. He's so, uh, quick-witted and uh, really pulls no punches against all his uh, scene partners. And uh, the film is built around him, but one of the delights of it is every new uh, unexpected guest performance that you see in it. Because uh, even the names that have been mentioned, whether it's Audra McDonald, or I think it's known that Chris Rock is in the film, there's going to be... Uh, another actor that you recognize that uh, is a complete joy to see in this. No, that makes 
think they may really want to see it. Um, so you're, of course, what's going on here at Telluride is that all these things are programmed back to back and across from each other. You know, there's five things going on, to, if not more, uh, all at the same time. Um, so you and I have a big day ahead of us, a lot of packed uh, a schedule full of, of interviews and movies. And I'm going to run off to a movie right now, which is Perfect Days. And then uh, I'm going to see Zone of Interest, which is the uh, another Cannes movie, which I can't wait to see. And Sandra Huller is here with that. And Anatomy of a Fall, which won the Palm d'Or. So I've seen that one. So I'm going to talk to her, which I'm excited about. I'm going to talk to vendors. Um, and I'm going to be uh, talking to Jeff Nichols for for the uh, and and Francine Maisler, the casting director. I uh, love that. Yeah. Um, tell tell us what you've got on your on your schedule on your docket. I've got Wildcat, uh, directed by Ethan Hawke and starring his daughter Maya Hawke as Flannery O'Connor. I have The Holdovers, which is one we didn't mention, but that was one of the premieres yesterday. Uh, that was big Alexander Payne's new movie about kind of a teacher student and I think another uh maybe like a lunch lady played by divine joy randolph but um i'm really excited stuck over the that. holidays and she's there yeah and and it's paul giamatti and i think there's a student there who's supposed to be good in it yeah yeah and then i definitely think later i'll see all of us strangers the andrew haig movie with uh, andrew well Scott and paul yeah. mescal that's yeah. the one that i've really been hearing is like the must you have to see it and so Hopefully I get to it tonight. I was so sad. That was the main one out of like the five things playing at the same time that I was sad I couldn't make it to. Same here, though. same here. Uh, I got to catch up with the holdovers as well. And uh, and Poor Things is coming up on the schedule, coming in here yeah. from, from Venice. Next week, um, Screen Talk is going to be in Toronto and we're going to have a special guest, um, an industry guest, which I'm very excited about. Um, and we'll, uh, I'll be doing that, uh, just me and him. Uh, I can't say who it is yet because it isn't completely confirmed. And You then, have to tell uh, me off camera, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. And then the next, and then in New York, um, uh, I'll do, uh, we'll try a screen talk with, with one of the New York team. Uh, Ryan Latanzio uh, when he's back from from Venice. So uh, uh, and then um, you'll be back on too as soon as uh, I get back to LA. I'm sure. All right. See. Well, yeah. See you soon. Looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing you later today. Uh, Have a great day at Telluride. You too. (laughs) With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.